1: Ukraine's defense ministry reports it has taken back control of the entire region of the nation's capital of Kiev. Committee vote today on the nomination of Ketanji Brown Jackson to the U.S. Supreme Court as a new report surfaces about her lenient sentencing of a sex offender. A Republican senator on the Cats Roundtable says that disney's speaking out against florida's don't say gay bill is an example of woke extremists using corporations to pursue their agenda absenteeism in new york city public schools has risen 14 percent post-pandemic with the school's chancellor promising a crackdown in a hypothetical matchup new york's democratic governor has a four percent point lead over her top republican challenger heading into june's primaries Here's your top five at five. Ukraine's military has taken back control of the entire Kiev region from Russian troops. The country's deputy defense minister said control of Ukraine's capital and surrounding areas, including Irpin and Bukha, following intense fighting, leaving behind destruction and civilian deaths. The war on Ukraine now in its second month. Colonel Brendan Kearney gives more insight on Newsy.
2: I do think Ukraine is winning the war. I think what we see happening on the ground right now is that the Russians are repositioning their forces. So the withdrawal that's been occurring around Kiev is all part of the Russian forces uh, essentially trying to disengage themselves. Uh, I, I don't believe they're going to go all the way back into Belarus uh, with all their forces, nor do I believe they will... Uh, withdraw uh, across, uh, back into Russia from Kiev.
1: Officials say that over 480 people were killed in Bukha and Irpin, suburbs of Kiev, during fighting. Ukrainian forces prevented Russian troops from taking control of Gatsomel near Kiev as Russian troops attempted to take control of the airfield there. Russia, uh, Ukraine's rather defense says Russia is withdrawing from northern areas and appears to be focusing on the east and south of the country. Well, look today on U.S. Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown Jackson. The U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee meets at 10 a.m. The full Senate could convene later today if the committee affirms Jackson. However, questions remain about the nominee's lenient sentencing record. The New York Post has learned that Brown Jackson, despite prosecutors' objections, doled out a lenient sentence to a child rapist, Leo Weeks, for violating probation. While out on probation, the rapist struck again. Here's Democratic Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois reading a tweet from Republican Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri during one of the confirmation hearings. Judge Jackson has a pattern of letting child porn offenders off the hook for their appalling crimes both as a judge and a policymaker. She's been advocating it since law school. This goes beyond soft on crime, the senator said. I'm concerned this is a record that endangers our children. During Jackson's confirmation hearing, the Biden administration gave the Judiciary Committee information on seven cases in which Jackson sentenced defendants to terms below what prosecutors and probation officers requested. The week's case, just revealed, was not among them. U.S. Senate Minority Leader McConnell and Senate uh, Lindsey Senator Lindsey Graham, both Republicans, are among those who said they'll vote against the nomination of Jackson. Senator Marshall Blackburn blasted Disney for speaking out about Florida's "Don't Call, Don't Say Gay" bill. The Republican senator from Thanks the entertainment company's involvement indicated how woke left extremists are enlisting corporations like Disney to pursue their progressive ideas. Here's Blackburn on the Cats Roundtable with 77 WABC owner John Uh Have their kids go through some kind of nightmare in this business. I think that is something that you have to look at and say this is how the woke left extremists are using corporations to push their agenda. Initially, Bob Chapek, CEO at Disney, did not address the matter when the Florida legislature passed the bill, which was meant by outrage. Disney came out firmly against the bill a day after Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican, signed it last week. It bans teachers from discussing LGBTQ topics with students until after third grade. It's been dubbed by critics as the don't say gay bill. The New York Post has learned the citywide rate of chronic absenteeism among New York City public school students has risen to 40 percent. The percentage represents 375,000 out of the total enrollment of 938,000 students. It's believed the absenteeism rate is even higher and that's because students out with COVID-19 or Quarantined could be marked present if they actually logged in online or had even minimal contact with the teacher. Other districts in the nation also face high absenteeism rates. Principal Lori Goslar is from the Michael Anderson School in Avondale, Arizona. The student misses two to three days a month of school throughout an entire school year. That is considered chronic absenteeism. It can be as many as 18 absences. Our children start in preschool and kinder, and they're expected to be readers by the time they reach the end of third grade. New York City Schools Chancellor David Banks has ordered his deputies to stop the hemorrhaging, saying the school system is taking action. In 2018-19, the New York City public absenteeism rate was 26 percent before COVID hit. The DOE has not posted chronic absenteeism data for some two years now. Well, it's a slim margin. However, a new survey finds that Democratic New York Governor Kathy Hochul has a four percentage point lead over GOP candidate Lee Zeldin. The Republican congressman has received the endorsement of the state's Republican Party. Now, the same poll also shows Zeldin leading disgraced ex-Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo by six percentage points in a hypothetical matchup. Here's Eldon after receiving the nomination from the New York uh, GOP during the convention last month.
0: It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, a conservative, a moderate, a liberal, all New Yorkers are hitting their breaking point right now and they are desperate for us to be successful in this effort to re- restore balance in Albany, to fire Kathy Hochul and Brian Benjamin. <laughs>
1: the support of about 35 percent of voters to Zeldin's 31 percent, with about a third of voters saying they are undecided. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, increasing clouds today, the high near 55. Overnight, mostly cloudy skies, the low 45, and we have a 40 percent chance of rain afternoon. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, the high near 54. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. Well, CNN's Abby Phillips is calling out the White House for trying to blame soaring gas prices on Russian President Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine. Phillips' remark came during a discussion Sunday on Inside Politics about the economy. Americans just don't buy that this is related to the war to the war in Ukraine, and, and most of it, frankly, is not. Um, 41% say it's Biden's policies, just 24% say the war in Ukraine. The White House is trying to do both, blame Putin, blame the oil and gas companies, but Americans just don't agree. A new Quinnipiac poll finds that 41% of respondents blame the Biden administration's economic policies for high gas prices. 24% blame Russia and its war in Ukraine, and 24% blame oil companies. A former high-ranking federal prosecutor said that Hunter Biden would likely have been indicted before the 2020 presidential election if he were anybody. Ex-Utah U.S. Attorney Brett Tolman told Fox and Friends that the U.S. attorney in Delaware has had this case for a long time. Laptop
2: applied to, say, Don, Donald Trump Jr. or, or somebody else. uh, That's on the political right, as opposed to where, you know, Hunter Biden was positioned at the time, the the laptop itself and the testimony of Bobolinsky outlines a conspiracy among multiple individuals.
1: Tillman's remarks came in the wake of a Washington Post report that said it authenticated emails from Hunter Biden's laptop. The New York Post first reported it in October of 2020, just prior to the November presidential election. The Post report included a deal the first son pursued with the CEFC, China Energy Conglomerate, for which he was paid $5 million. The New York Times never made reference to the laptop until March 16th of this year. The National Fraternal Order of Police, the world's largest organization of law enforcement officers, has counted 101 officers shot so far this year, 17 fatally in the line of duty as of April 1. The latest figures are a 43 percent increase compared to the same time period in 2021 and a 63 percent increase compared to 2020. Here's retired NYPD officer Scott Welsh.
2: I have to be honest, I think as far as the way the public treats the police officers, it's worse now. And if you think that the social media and the media itself, the anti-police rhetoric over and over again, calling us murderers and racists and everything else, if you don't think that doesn't lead to violence, you're in denial.
1: Among the officers fatally shot were NYPD officers 27-year-old Wilbert Mora and 22-year-old Detective Jason Rivera. They were fatally shot in Harlem responding to a domestic dispute. Former President Donald Trump has endorsed Alaska Governor and former Vice Presidential Candidate Sarah Palin for Congress. Palin is running for the seat formerly held by the late Representative John Young. Kalen hinted at getting back into office on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program right here on 77 WABC last week. Uh, I'm not going to announce that on your show. No, to tell you the <laughs> truth. Um, I do. I want to get back in there, though. I want to get back in that arena. And I've said for years, you don't need an office. You don't need a title. Get out there and make a difference. And I hopefully have lived that out. Palin is running to replace former Alaska Congressman Don Young. He died two weeks ago at the age of 88. Palin said in a statement that she planned to honor Young's legacy while painting a picture of a nation in crisis. Palin criticized the radical left, high gas prices, inflation, and illegal immigration. An unexpected appearance via video during last night's Grammy Awards from Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Zelensky, speaking from a bunker in Ukraine, urged American artists to use their talents to tell the truth about Russia's war on his country.
2: To all our cities, the war is destroying. Chernihiv, Kharkiv, Volnovakha, Mariupol and others, they are legends already. But I have a dream of them living and free, free like you on the grand stage.
1: Meanwhile, Pope Francis in Malta Saturday said he was considering a possible visit to the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. The Pope blasted the savage leader who launched the war without naming Russian President Vladimir Putin by name. China has been accused of launching a flurry of cyber attacks on Ukraine's military and nuclear infrastructure days before Russia's invasion, indicating initial support for Putin's war. Intelligence memos from the SBU, Ukraine spy agency, claim that more than 600 websites belonging to Ukraine's Ministry of Defense were attacked by the Chinese government, according to The Times' Chinese government speaker.
0: There's been some discussion about a possible uh, linkage between the phone discussion between Chinese leader and Ukrainian uh, leader. I think it's always been on the agenda. It's just a matter of time. And I, I think we will sort that Uh, issues through our bilateral channel with Ukraine.
1: Despite the Chinese government's lukewarm public reaction to the invasion of Ukraine, the move indicates prior knowledge of the invasion plans on the part of Xi Jinping's government before troops entered on February 24th. 77 WABC time check 515. Time to head over to Justin Ellick with a look at sports. Morning, Justin.
2: Good morning, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. A heck of a show in last night out of the Knickerbockers on the road in Orlando as they dominated the Lowly Magic by a score of 118-88. to Wins saw four Knicks starters register double-digit points with R.J. Barrett once again rising to the occasion with his 27 points in 33 minutes on the floor. Wednesday night at the Garden is when the Knicks will play next as they're set for a date with their crosstown rival in the Brooklyn Nets. A couple of really tight ice ice hockey games went down yesterday as well as the Islanders went into New Jersey to take care of the Devils by a score of 43. 4-3, 4-3, excuse me, goaltender Corey Schneider made the most of his first NHL game in over two years as he stopped 27 of 30 shots and wrapped to the win. Both the Devils and the Islanders will get a breather today before returning to the ice tomorrow night. As for the Rangers, they suffered a tough loss at home at the hands of the Philadelphia Flyers, who edged out the hockey blue shirts 4-3 to in a shootout. An old friend in Kevin Hayes played the hero for Philly, scoring the shootout's only goal to stick a dagger in the backs of his former team. Up next for the Rangers is a meeting with the aforementioned Devils in Newark tomorrow. Tomorrow night, We have a champion on the women's side of things as South Carolina took it to UConn in the NCAA National Championship game with a wire-to-wire, dominating 64-49 victory over the two-seed Huskies. Regarding the men, one-seed Kansas and eight-seed North Carolina made it out of the Final Four with their wins of Duke, respectively. Tune in tonight at 9.20 p.m. Eastern time for the National Championship game between the two. The big game is set to be played at Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellig 77 WABC.
1: All right, thanks, Justin. On your yeah. forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, increase in clouds throughout the day today. Our highs 55. Overnight, mostly cloudy. The low 45. Tomorrow, 40 percent chance of rain after noontime. Mostly cloudy. The high 54. So right now, 39 degrees, partly cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Frank Morano has your business report. Thank you, Deb. I am Frank Moreno with
0: your business report. The trading week kicks off on Wall Street with this morning's opening bell. Stocks wrapped up last week in negative territory, although all three major indexes did finish higher for the month. At Friday's closing bell, the Dow Jones dropped by 550 points, the S&P 500 fell by 72 points, and the Nasdaq lost 221 points. The union victory at an Amazon.com warehouse in New York City is the latest example of renewed interest in labor activism among U.S. workers. It could prompt workers at other Amazon facilities and elsewhere to follow suit, efforts that organizers hope will reverse a long decline in union membership. The COVID-19 pandemic brought attention to the critical role that workers such as warehouse employees, cashiers and drivers play in the functioning of the U.S. economy, often for relatively low pay. At the same time, labor shortages have meant that many workers are in a better position to bargain for increased pay And benefits. Pay increases for U.S. chief executives have gained steam, putting compensation on pays to set a record amid a tight labor market that's also driving pay higher for many of their workers. According to a Wall Street Journal analysis, Median pay rose to $14.2 million last year for the leaders of S&P 500 companies, up from a record $13.4 million for the same companies a year earlier. Most CEOs received a pay increase of 11% or more, and pay rose by at least 25% for nearly one-third of them. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight.
1: Okay, thanks, Frank. And taking a look at futures this morning, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down two points at 34,716 right now. S&P 500 up five and a quarter points. The NASDAQ has jumped 47 points this morning. Gold up $9.20 an ounce at $1,932.90. Crude oil up 83 cents a barrel, just over $100 at $100.10 a barrel.
0: It's the WABC
1: Early News. Well, good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. New York City Comptroller Brad Lander is under fire from fellow elected officials. They say he uses his new office to promote a progressive agenda. The agenda includes keeping criminals out of jail instead of his responsibilities as the city's chief fiscal watchdog. City Councilman Robert Holden last week sent a letter to the city's Conflicts of Interest Board. Here's your governor. Kathy Hochul last month is speaking on reasoning for bail reform. Why we needed bail reform in the first place. You had two individuals accused of identical crimes, offenses, and one person goes to Rikers for three years because they couldn't post bail. Another person whose parents have money or they're living in the suburbs and uh, they can head back after posting bail. Holden's letter demands that it probe whether Lander violated laws when he released a report claiming the state's controversial bail reform laws enacted in 2019 didn't help spur New York's crime wave. The report failed to cite any crime stats, which show murder and many other serious offenses have surged in the past few years. New York City's prosecutors are resigning in droves. They cite things like pandemic burnout, low salaries, and two intersecting laws that fundamentally change the nature of their jobs. This year alone, 44 prosecutors have resigned from Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's office. 36 prosecutors have left the Brooklyn DA's office. At least 28 have left the Bronx DA's office. And about nine have departed the Staten Island Assistant DA's office. The Queen's office told the New York City Council that it was on track this year to more than double last year's resignations. In the past year, the Manhattan and Brooklyn district attorneys, who have had about 500 prosecutors each, lost almost a fifth of that workforce, a sharp increase from attrition averages before 2020. Salaries of just over $70,000, bail reform laws, and changes to discovery laws are blamed for these resignations. Bail reform allows many pretrial defendants to walk free. The discovery law changes obligations prosecutors have to turn over 21 kinds of material, including all electronically created or stored information relevant to a case within a short time frame the NYPD's new anti-gun unit has netted more than 100 arrests since it launched last month, officials said Sunday. Nearly 70% of those arrested have a prior criminal history. New York City Mayor Eric Adams explaining anti-gun unit on CNN. In February, these officers will wear uh, partial modified uniforms. They will use their body cameras for every interaction. We're going to have the proper supervision and we're not going to have the blanket uh, that we were using before stopping and and, and searching people based on their ethnicity and zip codes that they lived in. These neighborhood safety teams hit the streets back in mid-March in response to an uptick in gun violence in the Big Apple. Since its March 14th launch, NSTS, a revamped version of the NYPD's controversial plainclothes anti-crime unit, has made 101 arrests, 22 of which were for guns. A father and son duo stabbed as they fought off two knife-wielding muggers robbing a woman outside their Elmhurst Queens Pizzeria are now speaking out. 68-year-old Kazem Soljovic and his son, 38-year-old Louis, One Manhattan D.A., Alvin Bragg, removed from office due to his soft on crime policies. Here's what Louis told the New York Post. I just want everybody to be back to where New York used to be. You know, we
2: used to help each other, not put it on their phone and put it on the Internet real quick to make themselves cool. You're not cool. You're a coward. Help somebody. That to make you better. You know, if anything, you save one person's life god looks at you everybody looks at you, you know, that's all that matters
1: well his jurisdiction is in another borough louis blamed bragg's policies for surging crime in new york city the 61 year old woman that the father and son helped as she was being robbed and hurt is recovering the nypd has arrested two suspects in the case both suspects are charged with robbery assault and criminal possession of a weapon A tourist is headed back home from New York City with bruises, a black eye, and a chipped tooth after being intentionally tripped. 72-year-old Cindy Gradwell of Maryland arrived at New York's Penn Station on Friday with her daughters. They were in New York City to see a Broadway show. Out of nowhere, the woman was tripped by a man who shouted at her on Ninth Avenue as she walked uptown with her daughters. Gradwell spoke to Eyewitness News about her ordeal. My mouth hurts a little bit because a couple of my teeth were knocked. I need to go to a, a, a dental surgeon, but
2: um, so I can't eat. I'm sucking down a spaghetti strands one at a time and eating eggs <laughs> and mashed potatoes.
1: Gradwell says she does not replan to visit New York City ever again. The NYPD has arrested a suspect in connection with the attack on Gradwell. He's identified as Kevin Winfield, who has six prior arrests. Prospective New York University students and their parents are getting an unwelcome taste of the Big Apple's homeless crisis. As they tour the college's Greenwich Village campus, the student-led tour groups are being routinely harassed by begging vagrants and even being assaulted. One group was pelted with eggs Monday afternoon. A guide told the New York Post this week that he has been hassled for things like cash and grabbed by a vagrant demanding money. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Increasing clouds today are highs near 55. Overnight, mostly cloudy skies, the low down to 45. And tomorrow we have a 40% chance of rain Afternoon, Mostly cloudy skies. The high near 54. And right now, 39 degrees, partly cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Well, actor Will Smith has resigned from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. The Academy has accepted his resignation. Smith's resignation comes after he slapped comedian Chris Rock during last weekend's Academy Awards. Rock made a joke about Smith's wife, who has alopecia, calling her G.I. Jane. Smith publicly apologized during the Oscars. I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees this is a beautiful moment and i'm not i'm not i'm not crying
2: for winning an award
1: the academy again meets april 18th to consider disciplinary action against smith well 77 wabc time check 559 we're working our way to the bernie and sid in the morning program right here on 77 wabc 6 to 10 monday through friday i've got a sneak preview of today's lineup here it is with Bernie and Sid today at 7.40, Rich Lowry. He's the editor-in-chief of the National Review. And again, he'll be with Bernie and Sid at 7.40. 8.40, Rob Astorino. He, of course, is running for the primary position for the governor of New York. June 28th, primaries, a former Westchester County executive. And 9.40, the Perilous Spoilers Beat Bernie contest. And also, Lydia reports at 8:25, to pass each hour, Sid Sports. And the Clip of the Day, 77 WABC Clip of the Day at 30 past the hour. Stay with us. Be back for the early news tomorrow morning at 5.